Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here. Uh, we just had uh, literally just ended. Uh, so you're getting me fresh here. Uh, fantastic conversation with Dean Kenneth Elmore from the Boston University. Uh, he's the dean of students there, and uh, we talked a lot about student engagement and what it means to engage students in the 21st century and kind of um, the changes over time there. And um, personally, just what I found really refreshing about him was uh, the ways that he plugs into youth culture, um, how he kind of gets out from behind his desk and really uh, tries to understand the students that he's serving and uh, know what's important to them and why they kind of consume the things that they do so he can kind of really just stay relevant uh, with everything that's going on for the students. So I mean, shares a lot of good tips. Um, And if you haven't seen uh, an example of a really awesome higher education student affairs uh, website, uh, we'll have the the link to the Boston University Dean of Students site in the show notes. And um, it's something that's just a really engaging, fresh, clean uh, website that sort of um, takes things to the next level for um, all the content that it provides students. So with that, I will leave you without further ado with all of the goodness from Dean Kenneth Elmore. So enjoy. Oh, we're, we're great. Yeah. I mean, minus the minus the weather here in New York, um, everything's going Why well. Is, yeah. is it rainy? Yeah, it's just a little gray and kind of dreary today, unfortunately. It was like a beautiful weekend, but uh, it can't last forever, I guess. <laughs> same in Boston. We share the weather. Yeah, yeah. It's usually about the same, yeah, kind of same same climate. And, you know, even, even a guy up in Boston, I'm rooting for the Rangers, too. So uh, Wow, wow. This is, this, yeah. is, uh, this is breaking news, I think, for our podcast, that a Boston is oh, rooting man. for a New Yorker. <laughs> Well, you got to root for the old time teams. That's important. And uh, I'm also from New York. So got it. And and any predictions? Uh, any, if you're an uh, NBA fan, any predictions for the, that game or that series? Uh, well, all I know is my, my team's not in it. So uh, who, who's NBA? What? <laughs> is that even going on right now? I don't even know what's happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, really? I- I thought that was over. <laughs> yeah, it like, cause, uh, yeah, my team's on it anyway. It's like, for all things considered, it's, it's over. It's not, this doesn't matter. It doesn't count. This yeah, it's matter. about the World Cup right now, as far as I'm concerned. Right, there you go. Yeah, it's coming up, coming so, up. So much, so many of the sports happening right now. The sports. Um, but uh, so, I mean, just to jump right into it, thank you so much, uh, Dean Elmore, for um, sitting down to chat with us for a little bit. We really appreciate it. Fantastic. Yeah, so we're uh, everything looks good. Everything is functioning and working. So um, to just kind of jump right into it. Uh, uh, so you know, just for anybody that may not know you, uh, know your story. If you want to just kind of give the student affairs short story of how you kind of got into the field and what you know led you to be where you are now. Sure. My story is a short one from a student affairs standpoint. Uh, I, I was one of those folks who was deeply interested in um, doing something where I could be like a mentor of mine, a guy named Perry Ashley. And Perry was someone who worked with students along with another gentleman named Harry McIntosh when I was in college. They worked with students around the university. And I asked them what they wanted, what they needed to do to get to those positions. And they made a suggestion to me that I go on, get a little more advanced education and 
that I look for positions in student affairs. And um, I ended up getting an internship, a graduate internship at Boston University way back when. And I got the opportunity to work in places like student activities and places like uh, athletics and also in orientation. I did the big round on that. Eventually landed a position in student activities and eventually moved over and did a lot of my work in uh, residence life and uh, went off to go to law school for a little while and uh, finished my law degree and actually practiced for a bit. And then serendipitously got a chance to um, come back and work with uh, the good folks here at Boston University about 11 years ago. What was, was a law, law school or, or be a lawyer, was that the initial career you were, you were looking at? No, it was not. I, my first my first job, I was a graphic artist right out of school. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. I thought that uh, that would be where I where I'd land and where I'd end up. I, I actually, when I when I first started my my world with college, I actually wanted to be a um, biomedical engineer. And when I saw that things like fluid mechanics were going to be an elective, I decided that that was just not for me. I still wanted to study poetry and art and that sort of stuff. Huh. Now I see with the design uh, background where your style comes from. Ah, well, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. I, I was a poor graphic artist. I didn't know the business side very well. Um, so uh, this that that was short lived. That was uh, someone once told me in college for every for every art class, take two business classes. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a very interesting story that you kind of, I guess, just I, mean, I think a lot of people have like very diverse interests and, you know, perhaps think that, they, you know, they think that they want to do a lot of different things in their life. And it's obviously reflected in a lot of people's journey in college and then kind of bounce around. But it's so interesting, like just a lot of different kind of things, very like seemingly unrelated things, I guess, like law and graphic design and uh, engineering and all that. It's just, it's very, it's very intriguing. They come together, you know, on some levels, we're always, uh, we're always looking at the law and the, in the, in the world that, that we're in, the worlds that we're in. Uh, there, there is a, an order to what we try to do. And I think if we do our jobs right, it's really about good design on some levels. It's about making sure that uh, the programs we do uh, meet a human need and the right kind of human need and are relevant. You know, for me, design's really about staying relevant, relevant mm-hmm. to human experiences. And I think that's what we always strive to do. Interesting. So that, this actually kind of segues really well into my next question. It's just like, um, you know, all this diverse experience that you have and the work <coughs> that you've done in the field for um, a long time. I guess, like, what? how does this all kind of aggregate together and how does it create kind of your philosophy of student engagement, how you kind of do the work every day? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that when I, when I look at, those sorts of things that are really important uh, for me and in my job uh, and in terms of how I'm trying to push people, I, I think that on the whole, yeah, I do those kinds of things. like try to make sure people are safe. They can find their way here in a vibrant community. I, I say the same thing everyone else does, that we try to build communities. We try to resolve pro- help students resolve their problems and also respond to them. But I, I think that really what it comes down to, too, is that if you ask me what I do, I'm an advocate for young people. I'm an advocate certainly for the young people at my university and for my university in general. But being an advocate for them means that I've got to keep up and be immersed in their world, and that can be tough. 
off, but that's something I've got to do. And also that means keeping relevant ultimately. Uh, that means that maybe there's a lot of stuff that I've got to do from out and behind my desk and that I might have to try a few new things. Example, uh, it's important for me to physically get out and look at people and talk to students and be in spaces where they can be. Hopefully they invite me into those spaces. Hopefully I've got a way to be a part of those spaces and still can maintain uh, a bit of leadership without being their leadership in those spaces. Mm -hmm. So odd as it may sound, I, I'll spend some time in the beginning of every year and throughout the year, not just going to club and organization meetings, not just chit-chatting with students uh, in regular spaces on our campus, but I also need to go to clubs and bars to do the same sort of thing and make sure that those clubs and club and bar owners also have our students' best interest in mind and that students are using those spaces the best way that they can. Uh, it also means that I've got to make sure to look at uh, a lot of youth culture, pop culture, that that's the sort of stuff that's about the taste of the time. I, I may I may be a critic of it in some instances, but overall, that that's how we see people create. And we should really think a little bit about that. Uh, it means I got to try and engage and use some of the, the things that they use. And I think it also means that maybe I've got a lot of junk mail that comes my way that I look at just for what it might say about the zeitgeist. Hmm. <laughs> I'm curious, the, the clubs and bars, do you get to expense those receipts? Uh, no, no, I don't get to do that. No, I wouldn't spend that. Um, I was kidding. So, I mean, related to that note, uh, if people are going to hear keep relevant. And yeah. uh, maybe you just alluded to these some of these tips, but like what are your top three tips? What are three actions that uh, a student affairs professional, because there's going to be a lot of listeners that are going to want to stay relevant, but they just don't know how. So what would be your top three tips to to staying relevant as a student affairs professional? Sure. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Top three. Well, first, I would say you have got to move your body, right? You've got to get from behind your desk. You have got to actually go to some of those places that young people frequent. I think that's one of those things that that's important. Um, and, and you got to think about what's the good and what's the bad in terms of doing that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's a very important kind of thing in terms of staying relevant. Um, I, I, I think also, well, here's a practical one. Uh, every Monday in the New York Times, uh, they're in the back of the business section. There are all these lists that are there and their list of consumer spending over the course of the week. I like to look at those kinds of things and see what what. What DVD has sold the most? See what download, what music's been downloaded, either by album or or song. Look at the shows that people are looking at, and part of why I do that is because I, I want to see what what the poll is like and what the top ten is like. But also, I'm trying to cut into it a little bit and ask myself why. You know, why is it that Iggy Azalea uh, uh, regularly is coming in right now at the top? What is it about that music? What is it about her voice, her sound, her look, her video, whatever it might be. So that's important. And, and granted, that may not just be college-age students, but it might encompass some of the future college students that we're looking at. But I think part of staying relevant is you've got to think about some of the future a little bit. Um, play with some of the, be in that space where they play as well. I, I think, certainly I think technology is one of those ways that things has changed over the last 10 years and might be important. And I say play in those spaces a little bit. There are lots of ways that you could go in and anonymously and you can look at those conversations, but but even better, have those conversations. I think that's an important uh, aspect to all of this too. Uh, don't don't uh, disrespect 
uh, pop culture. Uh, I'd say engage a little bit of pop culture. Uh, Think about the underground that might be there. And when I say the underground, there there are plenty of spaces, particularly in music, where it's not going to be on the radio or top 40 or most downloaded. uh, But there might be a certain vibe that that picks up or maybe in your city or or your space where you are, uh, you you hear of and know about some sort of underground. It might be a bit on the edge, uh, but keep it legal and, and try and engage it a little bit. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I guess just refreshing, just that kind of like, really, I mean, that's real world tips there for just like the, the authenticity, the transparency, or, uh, I mean, big, I guess, like visibility and transparency, I guess, of just, um, you know, you kind of go out there into the world and experience it and then just kind of, um, yeah, just take in the culture so that you can relate. Cause I, I always do feel like even just being a few years removed from like first years or anything, if you'd say like, oh yeah, I've watched that thing that you all love. They're like, what? They're so like taken aback that you enjoy like what they're enjoying and you can like talk about it stuff. So it's, it's really cool. I definitely really appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, when you've got to look at, um, you know, those places where, and again, here's where technology comes in, where you've got some great opportunity. For example, I, I regularly read this thing called Rookie Magazine. I think it's great. Uh, there's a young woman named Tammy uh, Gertson, uh, who started this years ago and she started her blog when she was, I, I think not even in her teens, but this has really taken off to be this interesting site that looks at, I, th- I think fashion and the times and empowerment of young, young women. And, you know, it's there, it's there to read and no one stopping you from reading or subscribing to it just to get a sense of the times. And, and I think she has more by more to say by way of relevance than we expect. You know, we're not always going to find relevant relevance in a study. Uh, a lot of times by the time a study comes out, uh, it's, it's been a while. And sometimes there's the duh factor to it all. But I, I think that our job has got to be to take that data and that stats and the science and, and the technology and meld that a little bit with some of the, the theology and the poetry and the philosophy that's out there. I, I think that's kind of our job is to do that. And you can't m- do that melding if you're not well read. So I, w- I would say that's that other big, big piece of advice. Certainly have the experiences, but I think we have to be well read. And being well read does not always mean uh, the classical the classical book but maybe it's the sort of stuff that people are passing around and reading right now you know, for example i i uh, saw that my daughter was reading orange is the new black and i think well there there is a great web series about that people are talking about it and maybe it's useful for me to actually read the book and once you start reading the book you start to see about the cause that's involved about people being in prison and disconnected and uh social isolation and that all i think is a part of being relevant because it's what young people are talking about and seeing and experiencing yeah, I, I'm going to add one more resource to this list, and we'll we'll make sure to put all these in the, the show notes because they're great. But a, a newsletter I've subscribed to for a while is called I Knuckle Bump, and uh, it, it essentially sends me once a week just a digest of what's the hottest trends in the youth culture. Um, and it, people can subscribe to them at iknucklebump.com, but we'll also put that in the show notes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I say there's nothing wrong with fishing around maybe once a week or, or something on that order just to, uh, 
see if you can find some of these things. Yeah, and I think, you know, I had a question in my mind was, as you get further from the generation that, that, you're, that you're serving, uh, does it get harder? And then I sort of answered it myself in my own head because I was like, well, I, I've moved away from uh, having the sort of the natural ability to know what's hot or what's not to now I'm much smarter and picking my resources that, that give me that information in a shorter period of time. Is that same on your end? Have you experienced that? I'm with you 100%. You know, your your tastes are going to change and evolve like anyone else. And yet we have this wonderful luxury in that we keep seeing the change come right in front of us. And uh, means that <clears throat> even though we may have uh, evolved in some way or changed in some way, we've got to work a little smarter to uh, make sure that we have an understanding of who these folks are who are right in front of us. You know, I've even found that, so so this gives you a sense as to how old I am. Uh, I, I'm starting to find that as orientation season is uh, upon us and I get students with their parents coming in, I am, <clears throat> I believe, a little older than their parents because uh, there are cultural references I make that their parents clearly have no idea about. So <laughs> so, so that that's very hurtful, if not difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, that only, like, I'm... I'm 25 years old, but I worked orientation last summer and I had like my first experience with that because it like it was like just enough of just like some of the references I was making with like incoming first year students. Like, you know, it was just like, oh, man, I, <laughs> I got to get used to this. This is going to be yeah. happening far more often, I guess. But no doubt. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, that it's sort of is, you know, the, the one big question of just like the um, the change over time, I guess, like, do you can you reflect on where you feel like you were, you know, uh, years ago and where you are now? Maybe how um, you've sort of just uh, mentioned in passing the technology. And I feel like it's a big piece that we want to make sure that um, we highlight with like Twitter and uh, your website and just other kind of different outreach tactics to engage students. So how do you feel like it's changed over time and how has technology played into that? Yeah. So, I mean, certainly uh, I, I find that, of course, students have changed over time um, uh, because society changed over time. I think we're, you know, where we are, at least I find now, a lot more of an intellectualism that's out there. I think people might dispute me on that, but I think there is a little bit out there. And that, that people who are in college and college age are a bit more sophisticated about what they want out of their experiences. Uh, that also might lead to more of a consumer-oriented mindset about what they think an outcome should be about their experiences. Um, so, that, so that's something to keep in mind. And then there's this other side of it, too, where I find myself thinking that I, I run into a lot of experiences and people who just want to check boxes and they're not thinking as deep as they I think they could uh, where they're 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 not really comfortable with the noise in the atmosphere sort of the conflict that might be there that's good conflict uh, they're not as great with the trash talk that goes along with that and so you know it's this weird kind of blending where uh, on one hand there, there's a smarter group of people out there but on another hand too there's a there's a bit of discomfort with the kind of noise in a university environment that that I think is a good thing or or in my case I also have to think about this in the context of an urban city environment too uh, and and that's a good thing if you ask me I also think people are a lot more cause oriented now I, I think about for example when I joined my student organizations when I was in college I primarily did that 
for social reasons, to meet people, to engage with other people. And I think nowadays that might take place somewhere else or in some other stream in a person's life. And that really what they, they may be doing now is to engage in a club or an organization as part of a cause or a project that's important to them and then maybe move on. So it's almost like a, a bit of startup culture that we'll, we'll take this project, we'll take this app, we'll take this particular cause and we'll, we'll connect with that. And then once we feel like we've sufficiently made some headway or completed the project, we move on to another organization or another cause that works for us. And I'm not saying that because people are flaky. I think it's a matter of how people get things done uh, a little bit and they, that they reserve the ability to meet each other in some other context. You know, certainly technology is that thing that's changed quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, we, we constantly have to think about uh, technology in the context of how we stay current and immersed because that's, I, I think, one of the purposes of it. Um, you know, how we do this level of daily engagement with it, um, how we also uh, look at it to communicate with the community as a whole. That's an important aspect of all this. Mm-hmm. And certainly how we try to reach the unreachable because we're all, we spend a lot of time trying to reach the unreachable and, and also how we use it in emergency circumstances. How do we communicate with people and engage people when we have real emergency? So, you, you know, that's certainly changed. I mean, I, I remember a time when we would have to send an RA out to knock on doors and then uh, email was wonderful high technology and, and now it, it's got to be a little quicker and a little more sophisticated than all that too. So one of the things you mentioned early early in the, the interview here was that uh, one of the roles of student affairs is to create community on campus. And with the with the growth of technology, uh, especially with mobile devices um, and, all, and, and also similar to what you said, where, where this generation tends to sort of almost like spiral graph in and out of, of, of <laughs> communities based on the cause. Um, how is that changing? What's, what's happening with the, the concept of community on campus? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's it's. You know, on one hand, people want a community, and I often say, well, it's got to be about multiple communities. There got to be lots of ways that people can come together. And I think that, you know, it's it's almost as though we've 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 got to push people a little bit more to think about the collective. You, You know, one thing that social media and technology is really good about is making sure that it it bends to the individual, uh, that the individual gets a chance to use it the way that she or he may want to use it. And that that's important, you know, but, and that's very internal and very interpersonal, but I think we, we can't lose sight of the collective, the group that, that, that's important out there, that there's a system of how you use that, that there are groups of people out there who may want to get together face to face about this sort of thing. And really, how can we use technology? technology to help us not be alone. Uh, that might be the, the really difficult aspect about all of this. And I think that's, that's the irony of it is that the students using it, uh, you know, there used to be TVs that were communal spaces on, in residence halls, but now there's a TV in the, in the actual room itself or, or it's sitting on the cell phone. So something in the past that used to be communal now is individualistic, but yet humans desire that need for community. And I'm, I'm like, I, I don't feel like it's there yet. I, I'm, I'm still trying to grasp the, the concept between the need for, I want this at the convenience of what's best for me, 
but yet I have the strong desire to plug into a community or communities. Right. Well, you know, I guess that, you know, I guess what I'm going to have to do is to try and take some solace in this idea that, you know, maybe we don't have the lounge anymore. But what we do have are those ways that the person who couldn't make it to the lounge to watch the particular show at the particular uh, prescribed time can still participate. So I got to think about how I have great conversations with groups of people over television shows, events, YouTube videos, communities online, where while we didn't all come in the same space at the same time, we were still able to look at the same sorts of things and have discussions about it on our own time. And so I, I, I got to look at that as being hopeful uh, on this whole uh, notion uh, of, of the community and building communities and having communities. And then I also am a fan of uh, remix. I'm a fan of people and memes and those sorts of things. So I also like this idea, too, that we can take this common uh, video, this common show, a common picture or something of that effect and, and really change it up a little bit and say to people, take a look, uh, join, join almost a chorus a little bit about this. And maybe it's not that the chorus is all in the same place at the tam- same time, but maybe we're all singing from uh, our porches uh, all up and down the neighborhood. And it's just a matter of us trying to find better ways that we can get everybody in the neighborhood to at least on occasion step off their porch and come and uh, meet up in the middle of the street. Hmm. Yeah, and I share that like optimism about technology, and I I want to give a shout out. I feel like I um, might have shouted shouted it out on the podcast before, but the book um, Alone Together, which I just uh, finished reading through, and it has a uh, a nice kind of contrarian point of view of like technology and yeah. Um, and Is that Sherry Terkel? Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, Sherry Terkel over at MIT. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it's it's not because I think it would like people reading it they may be like well no I like I'm not you know abusing it or any of those sort of like abusing technology it provides like a good awareness and um, is geared a little bit more towards like teenagers and like you know the people who will be coming to college soon enough so um, give give that book a shout out but I am I'm always just optimistic about technology it is like yeah you can watch a show whenever you want and yeah it's like it's harder to miss it so then you can talk about it with other people and maybe Twitter helps get people together to talk about it in person or um, any of those sort of things so. You know, another shout out would be Dana Boyd. Uh, Dana Boyd does a, a lot of great stuff. Uh, she, I think, has done some work for uh, the Pew Foundation. Uh, she's, she writes a lot on uh, young people's use of technology and new media and emerging media. Uh, one of my summer reads is It's Complicated that she's got. And she's another one who I think's taken really neat and balanced view on uh, and, and view from a research standpoint on primarily teen use of uh, technology, but uh, I think young people's use of technology. Hey, Ken, so in in relation to student engagement, um, knowing that this podcast is geared towards student affairs professionals, how has the role for engaging students as a student affairs professional changed over time? And and obviously tech playing a piece of that, like from a tactical perspective, maybe, and maybe, I guess maybe you start philosophical and get down tactical or whatever direction. I think tactical, if I I were to suggest anything, I I think it's got to be the student affairs folks who are leading the charge on trying to uh, have the strategy and the approach to uh, doing it. Um, 
you know, at a lot of our colleges and universities, my guess is that marketing communications people will uh, take some sort of lead or have some sort of function. And I, I think it's really important that if you are looking at a, a large group that you've got to communicate with, a large group that you've got to have in conversations, have conversations with, that you want to engage, and my guess is those are our students, uh, both undergraduate and graduate, I would say that uh, one of the things I'd suggest a, a student think about doing is getting to people like me and and other uh, uh, chief student affairs uh, your student affairs uh, folks and and saying look let me give you a plan for how we can take uh, an approach to this to show the university or at least be in a leadership role at a university about how uh, we use these platforms and it's usually social media I think more and more now it's starting to be apps and and crowdfunding and 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 sorts of things but but can we can we get in the lead here and I've got some ideas and some thoughts about how we can be thought leaders on this and and think hard about trying to be thought leaders about good engagement and what that means is you've got to be able to give people good ideas. You've got to be able to meet people where they initially are. People will look at social media as that way that they can get more people out to their programs and activities. People will look at where they will say, well, my followers indicate something about people's uh, opinion. Uh, but we all know it's a lot more complicated than that. And maybe we can help people along a little bit by giving them some good examples and some good approaches. So that's what I would recommend. That's good stuff there. Yeah, and I, um, I just have to give like a another. I mean, shout out to you, just um, that you are one of the. I think like the people that you know, just the way that you engage in people with uh, on Twitter and your website and the blog and Pinterest. Like I was just kind of uh, skimming through everything today, and it just um, was really impressive because it seemed that not everybody's kind of there yet, and to see someone there was um, really refreshing. Awfully nice of you. I mean, I think, you know, I think people are there, believe it or not, because when you think about this stuff, it's a lot about content and, you know, what makes people so fearful overall is that they haven't thought about repurposing or repositioning or reimagining their content and how they let people know about it. We still have a bit of a newsletter mentality uh, about this stuff. And, and I think that if you just let yourself wander a little bit uh, about some of the content that that we already have, uh, it'll make a big difference for you. So uh, I think people are there more so than they think they are, and they just got to take that little leap and jump into it and know that it's hard at first and know that it could be a little bit crazy and frenzied, but you stick to your own plan about it and you could be okay and then revise your plan on a regular basis. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think this is all just, I mean, it's a lot of stuff to think about. I think it really, like you're saying, just like sharing ideas because I don't think anybody has like all of the answers about how to best engage students and it is different from environment to environment. So um, I think it's a lot of a lot of good stuff to, to think about. We have a couple of books and some resources for folks that will be down um, in the show notes. So um, I guess for the sake of time, we always try to keep these episodes to half an hour. I feel like there's so much more that we want to get to. Um, sure. But we really appreciate you taking some time out of what I'm sure is a busy time for you. So thank you so much again. Preston, Tom, thank you. This was great. I appreciate you thinking of us and uh, look forward. I, I'm a fan of your work, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate it. Take, take care. Uh, yeah, take care, Ken. All right, be well. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast. As always, please leave us your comments and feedback for the podcast. It really helps us out. Give us any ideas for guests or topics for the episodes. We really appreciate it.